Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast as we preview our second game of the season, the visit of Newcastle to Carrow Road this Saturday. I've been speaking with Andy from our friends at Newcastle podcast, Gallagate Shots, about their confidence levels, how long a leash Steve Bruce has got, and of course, he has a crack at the ACN quiz. Enjoy. Andy, thank you for joining us. Um, how do you feel confidence-wise going into a game with um, title winners? Obviously, you only had uh, finalists to, to, to play last week, whereas this week you actually have to play someone who won a trophy last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's really hard to say, to be honest. Uh, us Newcastle fans are, we're not exactly pessimistic, but we've just got no idea um, how we're going to play this season. Obviously, we've come off the back of three years under Rafa Benitez where we we managed to beat big teams. We managed to stay around. We're never really in any real danger, um, despite having one of the weaker squads um, in the league. And now we've had the biggest managerial downgrade in history by swapping out, um, speaking of champions, a Champions League winning manager to a manager that I don't think has even got to a final. He may have got to one final with Hull. Um, so confidence-wise, I'd love to tell you, um, I, I'm honestly um, a bit lost as to... If I think there's a bit of disillusionment at the minute. Um, we have signed some some new players. They've basically replaced old proven players. Um, so if they can get firing um, and we can retain that defensive stability we had under Rafa, um, then we should be all right. But again, it's a big if. Well, speaking of that disillusionment, we, we heard a lot about pre-match demonstrations planned before the Arsenal game. Um, and then I read that the, the rain dampened it a bit. Um, and, and also uh, Matt Ritchie's comments saying he didn't know what the fuss was about, that you've spent enough in the in the transfer window. What What is the fan-player relationship like up, up your way at the moment? Well, on the whole, it's pretty good. Um, Rafa, I say Rafa recruitment, it was obviously the board, really. Um, we've got a lot of good eggs in the team now. Um, back in the day when we had the Joey Bartons and Kevin Nolans, who were quite good footballers, but they seem to have... They seem to just divide the fans even more. Um, I think the, the the relationship with the players is pretty good now. Matt Ritchie was one where we used to love him, really. Um, well, we all still do love him. He obviously um, joined us in the championship. He was one of our better players then. Um, m- many of the players don't tend to really speak out against the owners um, because they probably realise the storm it'll cause them. Um, they are quite active on social media. We seem to get on with them. There's none of them that we really hate. A lot of the ex-players seem to be coming out in favour of Mike Ashley now. Um, Shola Ramiobi, Kevin Nolan um, but I think they're just angling for jobs really. Um, the, the Matt Ritchie comment um, I don't think it was that malicious I think he's trying to just make us look at it through maybe a bit of a different lens and say you know we're in the Premier League we've got a decent squad um, you know you know, people always kind of say well you're not Bolton you're not Blackpool whatever um, so I think it's, I think a lot of fans are looking at his comments very negatively Um but on the whole, I think that I think the relationship between the players is pretty good. So you, you mentioned there that the recruitment. Um, so Joe Ellenson, forty million pounds. I read an article on the Athletic that suggested Benitez thought he was a bit overpriced and, and didn't wouldn't sanction getting him in while he was there because he hadn't quite been prolific enough. Um, so early days, I know, but he's got big shoes to fill with Perez and Rondon getting you know more than half your goals last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I don't think there's a. I think a lot of our fans think he is a good signing. Um, but the problem we've got is that we've replaced Rondon, who um, was magnificent for us last season. He was our player of the season, and we could have got him for fifteen million quid. Um, he was proven relatively, and Ayose Perez, who had streaky moments, but he always scored massive goals for us and created more than anyone else in our team. Um, but because he wasn't a gra- he wasn't necessarily a grafter, he got a bit of stick. 
but two players that are relatively proven and we've replaced them with two players who are probably equally, if not better, quality. Um, but we have no idea whether they're going to start firing or whether they're going to really struggle. And another example of that, Almiron, who obviously we signed him halfway through last season. Um, he can run around like Forrest Gump at 900 mile an hour <laughs> and he looks excellent, but he still hasn't scored a goal. <laughs> and it's one of these where it's like, if he doesn't start firing soon and these other two new lads don't start firing soon, you know, we're going to really struggle. And then Rafa would be right in saying, yeah, 40 million was too much. So, yeah, so on, on to the, the team then for Saturday. I, I read with with great regret that Shelby looks like he is going to be fit after all, um, which is a shame. Um, <laughs> last last time we, we faced you was in the championship um, and he was he ripped that league up really and, and was one of your key players. And actually looking down the, the, the 11 um, ahead of the, the quiz, spoiler alert, coming in a bit, um, I, I noticed that, that there are quite a few players still in your squad from that championship season. So that, that was, you know, two, three seasons ago. Yet there, there are still a few, um, Lascelles, Shelby uh, and Prez until obviously most recently, mm-hmm. hanging around. H- how um, do you feel that you've you maintained that nucleus long enough after you got promoted? Do you think that you would have kicked on a bit more had you have retained more of them? Or did you think more investment was needed to, to change it up sooner? Well, I think yeah, I think it's the opposite of that. I think a, a lot of fans were disappointed at the fact that the, you know there was games last season where we were literally playing our starting eleven in the championship. We had Paul Dummett, Kieran Clark, Lascelles, Yedlin, Shelby, Hayden, Atsu. You know, it was literally just the eleven that played in the championship, and yeah, they were grafters, and Rafa got them playing a certain way, um, and you know we we managed to grind out results that should have been easy wins, um, and that core of the team with Shelby, Hayden, Lascelles. Um, you know, and then we've sort of upgraded it slightly with Sharp, and then with a the goalkeeper with Dubravka, and then we had Dwight Gale up top. Um, yes, that was a brilliant championship squad, especially with the way we used to play. But then we got into the we got into the Premier League, and it was like, right, let's push on now. We've got Rafa Benitez as a Champions League winning manager, and what are we going to do with it? Well, you know, we'll just kind of plod along and won't sign our best players up to new contracts. We won't. Um, you know, we won't invest in the team, and it took. It felt like Rafa had to basically beg Ashley to sign Almiron, which um, he was often so, doing through the the, the press. You know, he was. It yeah, he's a, politi- a, he a politician, Rafa, and I know he's not an angel. A lot of fans put sort of deify him completely. Um, I, I think he, I think there was blame, a bit of blame on both sides with him leaving. Um, did he leave? Did he go to China for money? Well, yeah, of course he did because he was going to be out of a job because Newcastle didn't offer him what he wanted. What and that was a project like he had with Liverpool, where he was in a you know a, a working class city in the north where he could build a reputation of himself and become loved in the city. Um, and he didn't. He didn't have that. I mean, you talk about Joe Ellington, our um, MD, came out and said the other deal wrapped up in February this year, and Rafa came out and said, "Well, I didn't have a bloody clue that happened." Um, so it tells you a lot about the recruitment and going back to the core of the players. Yes, we've got really good core of the players, and as I said, the relationship with them is good. Um, but you know, you can you could put me and all my mates into the Newcastle team, and we'd have a good rapport. But it's not enough to win your games. Yes, but especially at this level, I think I think that's right. The um, it's just interesting. From a, a, we were talking a, a little while ago, you and I about um, the looking at Newcastle from afar and, and there is I don't know how much it rankles with, with with you guys or whether or not you think it's it is a fair assessment that when you make national news 
and, and you tend to be in the news maybe a bit too often in the close season. And, um, you know, we were just running through in our chat just now, you, you were going through some former managers and the fact that you were cycling off so many and, oh, we had John Carver, I forgot about him. Um, it, it, there, there is the, there's the chance that maybe Steve Bruce isn't going to be your only manager this season. And, and there are some clubs where you would say that with more confidence than others. And, and Newcastle under Ashley, it, it just does feel like it is a disaster waiting to happen. Almost any season you feel could get derailed, almost irrelevant of what happened on the pitch. Does does that seem unfair that that's kind of the, the national narrative around Newcastle or, or is that kind of the lived experience from you lot up there? Well, the man, the manager's thing is, is a weird one. I mean, I mean, John Carver, the self-proclaimed best manager in the Premier League, <laughs> uh, he just got chucked in because they needed someone to penny-pinching, really. I mean, Alan Pardew, infamously, his Newcastle deal still hasn't expired. Um, so there, he, I think he obviously, what Mike Ashley likes is to have a, a long-term manager who'll say yes to everything he says, won't complain about him in the media, will go along with the signings he puts in, um, and you know will generally just shut up, which is probably well, why I would I do, do that for the money he gave Pardew. Well, yeah, well, that's it at the end of the day, and it's probably the best part, the best job Pardew's ever had. Definitely the best job John Carver's ever had. I think he went to the Greek third division or something after us. Um, and it's best, with Steve, he's the best manager there as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, with I mean, and with with Steve Bruce, um, he was an easy appointment really because he was always going to join us. Um, and I think his his appointment's been obviously marred by the whole situation around the club with the failed takeover and everything. Um, and he, he's trying to play the card that he's a he's always been a Newcastle fan. Um, and you know that's fair enough. But when you've got a manager who's managed Sunderland and Newcastle, Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United, and then Birmingham and Villa, it kind of dampens your view on him a little bit as to whether he's just another mercenary manager. Um, and you know because we've had plenty of mercenary players in the past, like Sissoko and Debushi and Kabai and all these lot. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a difficult one with Bruce, I think. So how long do you think you you lot will give Bruce? I mean, it, does he apparently he's going to play a slightly more attacking style? You know, is, yeah. It, will it be will it be style over results? Will, will that be enough to to win win the fans round? And, and what what would your you know when does he have to be delivering results by? Like if you're bottom if you're bottom three in September October, will that be that or will he get till Christmas? Do you think? Well, it's a bit. There's a bit of a 50-50 split with our fan base because a lot of our fans are looking at this game coming up on Saturday and thinking, right, this is a must-perform game now. We we have to, you know, the Arsenal game. Fair enough. You, you weren't really going to win that game, despite the fact that you know two of their best players were not at the game because they were, you know, thinking they were going to get stabbed. Um, but but yeah, he was he was always going to be on. He was never going to be liked anyway because, as I said to you earlier. You know, we could have appointed Pep Guardiola or Mourinho as our manager and there still would have been that element of doubt where it's like, well, he's not Rafa. Um, so I do feel sorry for him in a way because he's come into this scenario. He is just a manager. He is just trying to do a job and we will play better if the fans are behind the team. Um, but he is going to really struggle to win the fans over unless he pulls out some big results. Um, he is going to play more attacking, you're right with that, um, because Rafa infamously, you know, he tried to play this card that he only played defensively because we had a rubbish squad. You know, he's done that at every team he's been at, but it works. Um, so he probably will play more attacking. Um, and a lot of our fans say that's what they want. They want a, a team that entertains like Keegan's team did. But at the end of the day, Keegan's team didn't achieve anything other than being sort of adored universally. Um, he still didn't win anything. Um, so I think the only way he's ever really going to be liked on Tyneside is if if we stay up, firstly. Um and you know we we keep that brand of footballers going, and he doesn't say anything to you know piss the fans off too much about Ashley. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think we're in the same boat that um, whilst 
the, the Liverpool game, there were some real positives to be taken from the 15-20 minute spell we had in particular second half when we, we looked, not only did we look comfortable, but we were chance, creating a lot of chances, hitting the bar, etc. Um, actually, um, it's this Saturday where we need to say, OK, really, we need to, we need to show and we need to be comfortable for an hour um, against you know one of the, the eight to ten teams on paper that you would say at the start of the season. Um, whilst there's always a couple of surprise packages at the start of the season, Newcastle would be in the the, the, the eight to ten teams where you'd say, well, there's a chance of getting at least you know four points from those games. And um, you know that there is an opportunity there. You're not going to you're not going to beat everyone. We're going to lose two thirds of our games because everyone outside the top eight does. Um, but we we you know we hope that 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 they're the games that we we will get something from. And um, I think both teams would be would be okay with a three two loss if in 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 that three-two loss, being um, uh, similar to us against Liverpool, loads of loads of positives. So, if, for example, you lose three-two, but Joelinton does get maybe one or two of them, um, and your new um, San Alex, sorry, what's his name, San Maxi, uh, something. Saint Maximan, I think his name is. Yeah, double yeah. barrel name. Yeah, I just call him Saint. Um, yeah, Saint, I think Saint, they will. Saint, 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 yeah, so yeah, so so yeah, so if he um, if he performs brilliantly um, and you, you you know you narrowly lose, but you go well, do you know what? It's their, they're a promoted club. They're you know we're away from home. It's their first home game back in the Premier League. Uh, the place was bouncing. Pookie scored early. You know, good performance, but we've lost. There's loads to build on from the season. I, I think the issue will be for both fans will be if if you end up not really turning up um, and getting played off the park by a team that you will understandably go, come on, these guys have just come up. There's no way with us having, you know, six um, Premier League transfer windows ahead of them. They should not be able to play us off the park. And likewise, if we can't do it um, for more than a 10, 15 minute spell against Newcastle, we'll go, well, look, come on, was it a fluke against Liverpool? Was it that actually they were three or four goals up and they didn't need to try anymore? Is that why we looked all right second half? So um, I, I think it, it could be crucial um, and, you know, we, Norwich fans remember the 6-2, even though it was so early in the season, um, the 6-2 up at uh, St James's Park um, under Alex Neal um, really did destroy the momentum in the um, that that playoff winning squad had, uh, and it, the season went off the rails from there onwards, really, um, which is you know which is a real shame. Uh, and yeah, I'd uh, like to, I'd love to agree with you on the point about you know it was just performing well. Um, I, I'm quite a reasonable fan, so I would accept that, but I think there will be sections of our fan base that will call for his head if we lose even if it's an incredible 7-6 game um, and, and yeah. you know you know how it is those fans will get put under the TalkSport micro, uh, the microscope from people like that and then we'll all look like mugs so I think I think the majority of fans will accept a good performance as long as you know we look relatively sound and we're scoring goals but there will be there will be definitely a section that are calling for his head if we lose regardless of what the what the performance is like and also, I understand that there's some train cancellations as well. Um, so there might be some travel chaos for for the travelling magpies. Yeah, there will be. Um, we were. I'm, I'm lucky in that I can stop off halfway tomorrow, which is Friday. Um, and when we were going to get a train from Peterborough across. Um, so if there is any Newcastle fans listening or other Norwich fans travelling from elsewhere, um, we were tra- planning on training from Peterborough across to Norwich, and that's all being cancelled due to strikes apparently. So, um, I'll be driving over. Well, you'll be. 
you'll be welcome with open arms and then you can leave with open arms as long as you leave the, the, the points in, in Norfolk. Um, I'm what, sure there's uh, no risk of us taking the points. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you, you are, um, you sound pretty realistic in that it might be a bit of a slog this season. Um, if you are going to be in a relegation battle, who do you think will be the, the, the two, three teams that are going to be in and around you? I mean, there's only been 90 minutes of meaningful football played. Um, so, we, you know, we've all seen match today in the highlights and that, you know, the, the odd live game. But, you know, using your... Um, magic looking glass who do you think Newcastle if you are going to be in that bottom four or five most of the season who, who do you think you're going to be going down with if, if that's the way that it's, it came out yeah I mean if you'd asked me at the very start of the season I would have honestly said Norwich um, because to be honest with you we don't know a lot about them other than the fact we played during the championship and the fact that you have gone up and down a few times which I know that you've said you, you're kind of used to at this point um, but it is amazing how 90 minutes of football can change your opinion because, as I was saying to you earlier, when I when I saw you 3-0 down against Liverpool and you were trying to knock it out from the back with Grant Hanley, I thought, bloody hell, these guys are going to really struggle this season. Fair enough that they're trying to play that the correct way to play football, but I just think you, you didn't have it. But then the second half, when you really turned it on, you looked good. I thought, maybe not Norwich. Um, so it's going to. I think we'll take the last space. Sheffield United, probably. Um, as much as they've got that heart that we were talking about before, I just don't think they're going to have enough. Um, and then I thought Brighton, they obviously performed well first game of the same. season. I, I was but, the same. But yeah. Brighton, uh, I thought Graham Potter, will he, will he make the step up? Will he not? I thought personally, no. I think they're going to have uh, pulled the plug on Hewton too early and they might lose that um, that gel that they had in the team. So on instinct, I would say Sheffield United and Brighton. You're not another Hewton apologist, are you? Uh, it was hard to say because he was he was okay with us, and I think oh, he was he was he is he's, he's a lovely lovely gentleman. He beat, he beat and, and if he was, if he was someone's granddad, <laughs> if he was someone's granddad, then great. But, but he's also got black and white hair. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, yeah. Now he's he's a he's a, he's a gentleman. He's a really good guy. He's a good football guy, and he's the sort of guy that I would welcome as. First team coach. Yeah. Well, no, no, first team coach. You know, or defensive coach, or you know, a part of the setup, hundred percent. But but his brand of football is turgid. I mean, it is just stodgy, defence first, and and we were we were in the Premier League, not having a very nice time. You know, and he is unfortunately for him because he again he's a cracking fella. Unfortunately for him, he he kind of taught us that the Premier League isn't the be all and end all of football. You know, he, he that that season of actually we finished okay, just, just sort of existing in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. just ju- just doing enough to make sure, and then from March you can enjoy yourself. No thanks, that's no fun. Yeah. That's not. Well, that's it, not, it is not a weird one with us because he, he won us the championship, and then he only really got six months in the Premier League where he did all right, and that was when Andy Carroll was firing them in left, right, and centre. Yeah. And then and then we got rid of him a bit early, so it's hard for us to criticise him too much. But I can, yeah, he's not done great since he since he left us really. So, um, you've uh, do you want to give us a, a score prediction for for Saturday's game? Yeah, I'm going to go score draw. Um, I think looking at our past past few game times we've played each other, I think there's there's an average of four goals a game, or maybe six goals a game. I don't know if I've done my maths right. Um, so yeah, score draw, hundred percent. Um, no, knowing me, it'll be a nil nil since I'm travelling all the way down there now. Um, I think I think you guys will start really strong. Um. And I think it'll just be a bit of a back and forth. And I just don't think, I think we'll cancel each other out a little bit personally. From a history point of view, we do score draws a lot um, opening the the Premier League at home. But uh, I'm hopeful that uh, we will nick it 3-2. I think there'll be plenty of goals in it. 
Um, and uh, yeah, you, you've you've invested in that front line. They're going to want to they're going to do things. We're not we're not back to full strength defensively. Um, and and yeah, I, I think if 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 we don't get one early, if we can get up, get early, get the place jumping, then it might be a different result. But if we if we haven't scored within half an hour, I can see you getting a couple and it being being sort of hard yards for us. But um, we'll, I'm going three two. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be positive. Um, and that that kind of brings us to to wrap things up to um, the long come Norwich quiz, which uh, you've got a minute to answer six questions on Newcastle and Norwich. Uh, you've only got two to beat. Uh, the top of the leaderboard board after the first week is occupied by only one person because there's only been one entrance so far this season. <laughs> and I'll still uh, second. Uh, yeah, well, you, you've got you, two to get joint top. Um, I'm not sure how we could do goal difference with this, but um, John from the Anfield rep got two out of six. Um, so I have actually tried to make the questions slightly easier this week because um, maybe I did make it a bit too tricky for him. Um, <laughs> but your time, Andy, starts now. Who scored Newcastle's late equaliser in the 2-2 draw with Norwich on your way to the Championship title in 2017? Uh, Yongu Incorrect. Who did Alan Shearer score his first Newcastle United hat-trick against? Sheffield Wednesday. Incorrect. Who was the last player to score a hat-trick in a game between Norwich and Newcastle? Jeannie Wijnaldum. Incorrect. Which former Charlton and Norwich player did Newcastle sign from Chelsea? Pass on that for now. Uh, where did Newcastle sign Miguel Amaran from? Um, Atlanta United. Correct. What squad number was Philippe Albert? Number five. Incorrect. Who scored Newcastle's late equaliser in the 2-2 draw with Norwich on your way to the championship title in 2017? Equaliser. Um, Gail? Incorrect. Who did Alan Shearer score his first Newcastle United hat-trick against? Coventry. That's your time. That's your time. It's one out of six, I'm afraid. You said um, you made them easier. I, well, I thought I had because you mentioned Jamal Lascelles several times when we were chatting earlier and, and he, he got the equaliser. Uh, um, in the it was the eighty first minute, and that was the the season you went up with ninety four points, which is the same uh, as same as us last year. I think I'm, I was getting confused with the the four three win. I think. Yeah, so um, the last player to score a hat trick, you're you're only one out when Aldham scored three and uh, scored four in the six two. But Dwight Gale actually scored a hat trick the year after oh, that. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. That game. it's a bit bit yeah. sneaky. Uh, Scott Parker, uh, you signed from Chelsea, oh. and he's former Charlton and Norwich. Um, you got Atlanta United and uh, Philippe Albert went for number 27 for his squad number because he was you know, signed on his 27th birthday. I'm thinking number five because it's the commentary room of Man United 5-1 <laughs> and um, it was looking for number five. Yeah, so, yeah, oh well. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, if it, it is, um, I am infamous for factually incorrect uh, quizzes and uh, I, I did Google um, the squad number in the last season, which was 1998-99 that he played. Um, and it does say number 27, but if he was number five at another point in his career, I will take your word for it. And you are top, you're joint top on two out of six. So you can't say, you can't well, say fair yeah. in that. Well, and that I, goodwill, that goodwill goes right up until 2.59 on Saturday. <laughs> Lovely. I'll take that. Cheers, mate. Right. Thanks ever so much. All the best. And uh, speak to you just ahead of the, the game uh, up your way later in the season. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me.